You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. I love you guys. Um, Tonight, we're continuing. We're actually closing a series we've been in for three weeks now. It's been a beautiful series called The Gospel According To. How, How many of you guys have been enjoying this series so far? There's something special about testimonies, right? Like, I feel like all of us can agree, like, every week, like, our faith has been stirred. And a testimony is so cool because it, it almost, like, puts more skin on the gospel. Like, it just makes it even more real to us. And it builds our faith. And testimonies can bring people into the family of God. That's why we're called to share them, right? And so week one, we had Pastor Casey bring us testimony. It was phenomenal. And man, if you missed last week, how many of y'all, last week was incredible, right? We had uh, our friend Farah. she came and shared her testimony, and if you missed that, uh, we have a podcast, so you can go back and listen to it, and I would highly encourage you to check it out. Both of those weeks are phenomenal, but tonight is a really special night, because we get to hear from some of you guys. Not you, these guys. This, the, tonight is the gospel according to a few new song students. And so before I welcome them up, I just want to say I'm so excited about um, not just their stories, but that we all have a story to tell. And I hope you know that. Like, we didn't just pick them because they're, like, the best, because you guys are all the best, right? And we all have a story to tell. Um, the Lord highlighted, highlighted these specific people to me this year. And what I love about this group is they come from a, a, a wide spectrum. Like we've got, uh, there, we've got one student that's been in New Song Students for over five years now. We've got a couple of them that have been coming for about two years now, year and a half. And we've got one student that's been coming here for less than four months. And so we've got a wide spectrum of New Song Students, not just the core that have been here forever, but we've got a bunch of different sto- stories. And so I think you're gonna be blessed. I think you're gonna enjoy tonight a lot. But I want to do something. We're going to do this interactive style. Somebody say interactive style. So get out your journals. Get out your notes. Get out your phone. Every single person. If you're not moving, I can see you. I'm up here on the platform. I can see everybody right now. (laughs) Get something out. Because what we're going to do, we have five testimonies to go through. Yeah, praise God. And um, what I want to do tonight is instead of just boom, 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 one after another, just shotgun testimonies right at your face. What I want to do is I want to, uh, Annie put this beautifully. We were talking about this before service. I want to put a pause in between every testimony. So one of our students, they're going to come up, they're going to share the word, they're going to share their testimony of the goodness of God in their life. You guys are going to cheer them on when they're done, and you're going to love on them so hard, right? You're going to love on them, cheer them on. They're going to come back to their seat, and I'm going to lead us in a prayer. We're going to pause you know in, in Psalms when you see the word Selah? You know that? Have you read that before? We talked about that at New Song Church on the weekends not that long ago. That Selah, that word, is best translated as a pause or a breath. And so what we're going to do is we're going to hear their story. I'm just going to lead us in a short prayer, and we're going to pause. And I want every single person, leader included, I want every single person to pause and say, Holy Spirit, what are you showing me through this testimony? And I want you to write it down. We're going to share them in small groups, all right? Amen? It's going to be good. So, without further ado, are you guys scared? 
just a little bit. It's okay. See, I remember doing, I remember being them as a student, and now I get to be the youth pastor that's like, <laughs> here you go. And it's so much better being on this side. But uh, hey, can we give them a huge New Song students welcome? Alrighty, everybody, I, I didn't end up reading my scripture, but that's okay. Um, I'm going to pray us in, and then we're just going to jump in. Do you guys have the mic in there? Is it on the couch? Okay, good. All right, let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for tonight. I thank you for meeting us here, that Jesus, you are near, you are close. We sense your presence. God, I thank you for this student's family that is doing exactly what we just sang. We came here to worship you. God, we are not here to distract. We're not here just to have fun. We're not just here to have surface level engagements with one another. God, we are here for you because we want more of you because we know that you are life and you are life abundant. We love you, Jesus. And I thank you so much for every single student on this platform. God, I thank you that they have a story of the goodness of God in their life, that every single life has an imprint of, the, of, the, of Father God on them. And I thank you for each unique story that's going to be given. Would you anoint them, Holy Spirit, to, to preach their story with boldness tonight? And God, would you open up our hearts to receive their word? And I pray that you would show every single heart in the room a new side of the good news through their life. We love you, we praise you, and we invite you into this room. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. amen. Take it away. Go for it. Let's go! In case you don't know me, my name is Hannah Miller. I'm 17 years old, and I'm currently a senior in high school. Um, a little bit about me, I grew up in and around church. I always knew that the Lord was a thing. Um, my mom was a worship leader, basically from the time I before I was born, um, and she's just continued that gift forever. She's wonderful, love her to death. Um, so through her um, and multiple other people in my life, I always kind of knew that the Lord was there. Um, but when I was praying about what I really wanted to talk about specifically, because there's a lot of things I could have talked about, um, my relationship with my dad was really highlighted to me. Um, and, you know, I was kind of like, why is that? Um, but I think family is something that as teenagers we can struggle with a lot because it's the predominant thing that you see in your life. You know, you're kind of at home, and especially if you can't drive, your life is kind of defined by what your parents are willing to do. Um, and so that was just really highlighted to me. Um, my relationship with my dad really could not have turned for the good without the grace of God um, and the redemption that God lays out for his people. Um, so a little bit of background on what that kind of looks like. My dad has always kind of struggled with some anger issues, um, which were made a lot worse when he went into the military. Um, my dad has been in the military, still is, currently serves in the reserves, but for as long as I can remember, he's been serving in Army Special Forces, so he sees a lot of the crazy stuff. Um, 
And little did we know, a lot of things happened while he was overseas that also changed the way his brain works. Um, one of those being a traumatic brain injury, which really changed the way that he was wired. Um, and looking back, really explains a lot of the things that we went through as a family um, and the ways that he was reacting to a lot of those situations. Um, and so the chaos that had really seeped into his life while he was in the military kind of started seeping into our family life. Um, he was overseas a lot, so when I was a kid, I didn't really know my dad, not in the sense of I didn't know his name, but he just wasn't around. He was taking 18-month tours overseas. Um, but when he was home, there was a lot of fighting, a lot of arguments. Thankfully, my parents did a really good job of making sure that I didn't see it because my mom had made an agreement with herself that she didn't want me to see that amount of violence at a young age. Um, but that kind of led into, at six years old, my parents sitting me down on their bed, letting me know that they were getting a divorce, which I will always say is probably one of the best decisions they made for me. Um, I think divorce culture can kind of get a little bit messy. People really quickly say it's the worst decision you can ever make for your kids. Um, but I will always say that it has allowed me to learn what I want in a relationship as well as um, how to advocate for myself in my relationships, especially with my father. Um, so as my parents stepped out of their marriage, my dad very quickly um, stepped into a new relationship with my now stepmom, who I love. Don't get that twisted. Love her to death. Um, but in that time, they quickly moved into in with each other um, and soon got married. And their relationship was just as chaotic as the first one. Um, so my mom was kind of my safe, safe space in all of that. Um, there was just as much fighting except louder because they really didn't have that same agreement of making sure that I didn't witness it. Um, so my house was really, really chaotic. Um, yeah, it was kind of scary at times, not going to lie to you. Um, and then by the time I was eight years old, my mom had to make a move to Dallas, and I had decided to stay up here to finish out elementary school. So that meant I was living full time with my dad. Um, and now what that meant was every single night, um, I witnessed a lot of screaming, a lot of yelling, breaking things, um, just stuff that's not really great for a kid. And really soon, I had developed some really severe anxiety. And most nights, I couldn't sleep because of the amount of chaos and the volume that was going on in my house. Um, and I also occasionally, you know, just got so scared, I would take all the clothes out of my laundry basket. Um, and I'd sit in there, and I'd hide in my closet because things were just so chaotic and so loud and really didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and, you know, as a kid, it's not the greatest thing. Um, and so eventually, I kind of came clean to my mom. I let her know what was happening at home. And around that same time, I officially gave my life to Christ that summer at summer camp. Um, but the issue was that my relationship with my earthly father was seeping into my relationship with my heavenly father. Um, I really struggled for a very long time, still struggle with, but it's gotten a lot better. <laughs> I struggled with the identity of who Christ was. I didn't know how to comprehend that who Christ was and who I wanted him to be, as well as who I knew him to be through his word, was who I had available to me, because I didn't know the loving, kind, peaceful um, father um, because that just wasn't the example that was made out to me. I didn't know what that was like, and I didn't know that I was worthy of that because for so long, I wasn't treated as such. Um, and so that was a really big struggle for me 
But thank God I had leaders in my life who encouraged me to look outside of the one box that I was looking at. Um, And I soon learned that I had a lot of really great examples, that being my stepdad, my godfather, um, my grandpa, all of them. So I learned to look outside of the box that I was in. And I also learned that the Lord didn't have to fit my earthly bound. The Lord wasn't bound by my perception. The Lord is way out of my perception. We'll never fully know um, what he's capable of. But while that was all going great and my relationship with my Lord was getting way more personal, way more intimate, I was really getting to know who he was and I was being way more open about who I was with the Lord. My problems with my dad were still there. We hadn't really gained any relational foreground in a couple of years and it quite honestly felt like we were strangers. Um, I was terrified of him. And not just in the way of like, I was scared of what he'd say or all these things. I was terrified. I didn't want to speak to him. I avoided him at any cost. I never wanted to tell him that I didn't want to stay at his house. Um, And normally I would say, mom, can you ask for me? Because I can't do it. Um, But I knew that I had to have those tough conversations. And eventually I worked myself up to it and I did. And it seemed like things were really going kind of good. Um, it seemed like things were finally getting back on track, finally getting the way that I needed them to, until I was about freshly 16 years old, Um, so many, many years later, um, and I hadn't slept the night at my dad's house in probably a year, Um, but we were going on a lake trip for my brother and I's birthday. We're about a month apart, step-siblings. That explains it. Um, (laughs) Yep. Um, Anyway, (laughs) we were on a lake trip, got back home, um, and my dad got really, really violent. Um, And not in the way that I was used to growing up, in a way that I had never really seen him. Um, And it was directed towards my brother. And I had this thought in my mind of, I'm tired of hiding in my closet. Um, And I made the decision. We had a really tough argument. I said some really not nice things. He said some really not nice things. Um, I ended up leaving and I didn't speak to him for three months. Little did I know, in those three months, my dad was filing for full custody. I was 16 years old, which legally in the state of Oklahoma, I had the choice of which home I wanted to be in. Um, But I think my dad was trying more to prove a point to me. Um, I think, and still to this day, I think he believes that I kind of made up this boogeyman in my head. Um, And so, There was a lot of anger there, not just at him, but at the Lord. Um, I was really angry. You know, why would you let this happen? We had made so much progress. Why is that all going down the drain? Um, But thankfully, when I found this out, I was on a trip with one of my very good friends, Lauren Frost. um, And she told me, as we're sitting in the guest bedroom of my Nana's house out in West Virginia, she said, you know, It's not your job to save your dad. You don't have to be Jesus, but you might be the only bit of Jesus that he gets to see, which, looking back on it, was really true. Um, No one else in my household was advocating to my dad the loving, peaceful, um, who the Lord really was. He didn't know that, um, and he wasn't really open to it. And so that kind of changed my attitude walking into how I addressed my dad about how I handled the situation. Um, We had some really tough conversations, and I, you know, there were boundaries set. I told him, if this doesn't change, you know, I'm not going to seek this father-daughter relationship anymore. Um, But thankfully, my dad chose to make that change. He has been in consistent counseling for the past year and a half, which is a huge blessing. 
Um, and he's really become open to the Lord, open to prayer, which is also a really huge blessing because for a really long time, my dad just kind of played the part. Um, there's still a lot of work to do, but we're getting there. And looking back, I realized that I was constantly given times to be the loving hand that my dad didn't have anywhere else. Um, I couldn't save him, but I knew that I could show him what living with Christ really looked like. God filled all of the holes that I didn't know I needed filled, and I just continuously prayed that he would fill the holes that my dad didn't know he needed filled either, because he didn't know that there was someone who was there to do that for him. Um, and kind of just the point I really want to bring to this is that sometimes our youth can witness to adults in ways that others can't. Um, and just because you're young doesn't mean that you can't help change the definition of your scenario. The Lord is working in it, um, and he's there for you. He's there to guide you, and he's there to lead you. So, yeah. Amen. All right, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you for Hannah's story. God, we just take a, a moment to pause and receive that story. Holy Spirit, what do you want to teach us through Hannah's testimony? Maybe some of us have been despising the fact that we're a youth and we don't have anything to offer the world. Maybe some of us have um, a poor relationship with our earthly fathers that needs to be mended. And maybe that starts with us. Whatever that is, Holy Spirit, would you use Hannah's story and would you teach each and every single one of us what that means for us? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Zane. Make some noise for Zane. All right, hello. I'm Zane. If you don't know me, I'm 17. And um, just to give you some backstory, so I'd always, I'd grown up Christian. My parents were Christian, uh, so we'd been all around church. And um, I was baptized at 8, and... Um, I'm so nervous. I'm sorry. <laughs> baptized. <laughs> okay. Baptized at eight. And then um, after I was baptized, we moved to Weatherford. And um, there we found a small church. I won't name it, but. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I was baptized at eight, moved to Weatherford. And um, my parents became associate pastors there. And um, it was really great because. Um, We'd never really had a community. We'd only gone to like Life Church and the big mega churches, so um, we didn't. We never really knew co what a community was, and so it was great. And um, they didn't focus on kids too much, though. So I'd only really known the basics of Christianity. I didn't know much past that. I didn't know what a personal relationship with God looked like. So um, we went there for a few years. Then in sixth grade, moved to Cashin, and. Um, <clears throat> After we moved to Cashin, the church that we'd been attending um, in Weatherford, <clears throat> it kind of imploded on itself. Basically, a majority of the staff left there, and the pastor's teachings became really spiritually manipulative and abusive. And so my parents were really hurt by that. They 
kind of lost trust in the church, and um, they didn't really know what to do. So we stopped going to church for about a year. And um, for about a year, I kind of just, my headspace was like, I didn't really, I don't know how a God could let this happen, you know? Um, it's, it's just, it doesn't seem fair, right? And so I, um, after about a year, we, uh, one of my dad's friends from New Song invited us to New Song. And um, so, I mean, we were hesitant because we were still at a church and stuff. And, but we went. My mom and dad fell in love with it. So we, were, we became regular attendees here. And, uh, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I was still in that headspace of like, hey, this is a small local church, or not local, but, you know, a small church where everyone knew everyone, just like the one back in Weatherford. And so I kind of just thought, well, this will probably end the same way, right? So I kind of distanced myself from God in that. I, I'd been, I doubted his, his existence before that, and this kind of just magnified that. And so a few years later, leading up to our first camp, um, my, I, I was thinking the same thing. I didn't, I didn't believe in God at all at that point. Um, I, didn't, I didn't even think he existed, honestly. But um, so um, I'd been to a few camps before that, and um, nothing came of them. All I remember is Gaga Ball, so <laughs> that was fun. But, um, <clears throat> but um, went to camp, first two days, exactly how I thought it was. Nothing happened. I didn't, I didn't get a revelation or anything. So third, third day, though, the very last service, they do altar call like they do at every other church camp. But um, it was different, you know? Um, so they called everyone up. I didn't intend on going because <laughs> I really didn't. But um, I, <clears throat> I looked up. You know, new song kids were getting up. They were going to repent. And so I'm like, well, I don't want to be left out. So I <laughs> went up there to repent. And, um, <clears throat> and so I go to Neil, and I don't know. I get this, like, feeling, you know. This feeling comes over my body, and it just it made me feel uneasy about just pretending to do it. So I did it. I, I mean, I took a step of faith and I prayed to a God I didn't think existed. And I asked for repentance. After that, I um, got up, I, I started worshiping, something that I'd never do in the past. I wouldn't raise my arms past this. And so, because I mean, I'd all, I, I hadn't always been quiet, but moving around a bunch definitely got me to a place where I'd, I didn't really trust anyone because I didn't know anyone for very long. So I kind of, I, I mean, I threw my arms in the air, and I'd never really done it before. It was new to me. But um, after that, I went sat back down because we'd been mosh pitting for three days. So um, <clears throat> I was tired. And um, while I was sitting there, uh, Lisa, I don't know where you are, Lisa, yeah, student leader Lisa uh, came up to me, tapped me on the shoulder, and she said something to me. She said, Zane, I just want you to know that God is proud of you. And um, prior to this, I'd never really thought of it. You know, I'd never done anything to expand the kingdom of God, you know. And so the thought of him being proud of me was foreign, you know. It's, 
it really shook me. And so I had time to dwell on that. But um, came home from camp, and I didn't do anything about it. I just had this big moment, and I kind of just threw it on the side. For a, th for a few years, that was kind of the thing, until a few years later, we, I went to dinner with my mom. And um, she kind of, she asked me a bunch of questions, and we were talking, and then she asks, how is your relationship with God? And um, I told her the truth. I don't think there's a God. I don't know if he exists. And, like, how is this the right faith out of the, what, thousands of others out there? And so I, um, I asked, or, yeah, I told her that. And I was expecting some sort of reaction, you know, like, be angry, you know. But, um, <laughs> but uh, she, she kind of just looked at me and she, she said to seek the truth because she knew that if I sought God, he'd seek after me, you know. You, you can't expect him to come after you if you don't open yourself up to the idea of a loving father. So that um, I did. I did. I dove deeper into the word, deeper than I'd ever done before. All I did before that was read the Action Bible with pictures. So <laughs> I, um, I'd read the Bible, and I mean, since then, I've been reading it daily. I miss a day. I read twice as much the next day. And so that's kind of where I am now. And to get to this point, I had to take a step of faith, you know. It's not, it's not easy praying to someone you don't know exists. So I had to take a step of faith and just trust that he did exist. And that's my testimony. Amen. Amen. Well, Father God, we just thank you so much for the gospel according to Zane. I thank you that you met him on the other side of that step of faith. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to us through Zane's story? I love what Zane said about God being proud of him, but he hadn't done anything for God yet. I know that, God, that's how you view each one of us. You're proud of us before we ever took a step towards you, that while we were in our sin, Christ died for us. I pray that that truth would just ring true in our hearts tonight through Zane's story. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, who's next? My name's Emery, if you don't know me. <laughs> um, my testimony looks a little bit different than some people's because I didn't have that big, like, snap of a finger moment where everything changed, but God's always worked in my life. So I think that's a testament enough to his goodness. And any story with God is a great one. So I'm just going to start at the beginning. <laughs> um, I've always been blessed to, like, have grown up in a super strong Christian family, uh, my poppy, my granddad, was the pastor of my church growing up. My mom was my worship leader. My aunt and my uncle were the children's pastors. So it's safe to say I was always at church and always learning about God. The age of five was the first time I felt the Lord tap on my heart. And it's still crazy to me to think about that the creator of the universe cared enough to reach out to a five-year-old little girl and to 
invite her into his family. But I remember going into my parents' room that night and asking them about salvation. And they were telling me how much of a big deal it is because they didn't want me to do it just because I had seen my family do it or my siblings do it, which is incredible. But I remember getting a little scared. And so I decided not to do it that night. And I went back into my room and I just prayed by myself. But I knew I still wanted to do it. And the next morning was Easter. And I saw kids at my church who baptized that morning. And I knew at that moment that I wanted to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And so that night at dinner, I was with my grandparents and my family. And my dad led me in a prayer that invited Christ into my life. And he's never left since. And um, I've always been the kid to ask a lot of questions. Like at one point, my dad got me a book that was like big questions for little kids because I always had really big questions that you can't really grasp at that age. But I've always chased after God. And, but the first time I really chased after his word and wanted to understand his word was around 2019 and 2020. And it was a really big year for me in a lot of ways because it was the first time that I was growing in my faith by reading his word. And it was also the year I started middle school. And so with that, it comes a lot of different things. I started putting expectations on myself and was constantly chasing perfection and I became worried about what others thought, which I never had before. Um, that year, I also felt the need to be known by people. Being an 11-year-old girl, you constantly want the attention of your friends and your family and your leaders and your teachers. And you even start wanting attention from boys at that age and all those things. Um, but then during COVID, too, I also developed um, anxiety because of everything going around. I got to the point where sometimes I'd make myself sick overthinking that someone I loved could get sick. But God always walked through me with everything. But by New Year's Day of 2021, my life changed even more because my granddad passed away. And it was my first time losing someone close to me. And it really shook my world. But um, I'd always trusted God's plan. But that was the first time I really had to grasp it and hold firm to it. Um, but God always walked with me through all of that. It was during that time that he started to heal me of my anxiety. I remember my mom sending me scriptures of different passages and different things. And that was around the time that I found my life first, um, Romans 8.28, which is God will work all things together for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. And it's still my favorite scripture because it reminds me no matter what hardship you're going through, God is going to work it into something beautiful, even if it feels like it's falling apart. Um, so God really helped me through that. But then the next year, my life changed again when my poppy announced he was going to retire after 47 years of full-time ministry. And I was super happy for him because he had done so many amazing things for Christ. But I didn't know what I was going to do because we were at a tiny church. The only pastors we had was my poppy and then my youth pastor. So we didn't have anyone to take over, so we had to close our doors. Um, and... I should have known that God would work everything out because he always does, but it's really hard to see at moments. So we began to visit different churches and it all fell off. I knew um, that it would feel different because I wasn't going to be going to this tiny church anymore, but I didn't expect it to be that big of a shift. Um, we ended up going to a certain church for like three-ish months and it was the first big church I had ever been to. And it was this whole new concept because I felt completely unknown by everyone. And even at some points it made me feel like I was unknown by God. Um, but God was truly at work with me at that time. And it reminds me of what Pastor Josh said during apprenticeship. He said, it is in the obscure seasons when you feel unknown by God that God puts things in you and takes things out of you that prepares you for what's ahead. And God was truly at work during those seasons. 
he um, made me learn that even when I feel unknown by people, I'm known by the creator of the universe, which is worth so much more. And that also played in to a big part of me battling uh, my need for perfection because it made me realize that I should care so much more about what the creator thinks than what the creation thinks. Um, also, my testimony can look different because, like I said, I don't have that big bam moment where everything changed, but there are certain moments where God has worked things through the process of sanctification. And one of them, I remember I was at Falls Creek um, with a church that two of my best friends attend. And that night, the youth pastor challenged us to write things on a whiteboard that we wanted to give to God. And that was the first time that I think I admitted that I was battling what others thought about me and feeling the need to be perfect. And I really battled self-esteem issues with constantly wanting to look like the perfect Christian and the perfect this and the perfect that. Um, but that's when God really started working in my life in that. And then being at New Song as a whole has helped me so much. Um, being here with all the leaders has taught me that there's so much joy and vulnerability and that when we offer ourselves to God with no need, like we don't have to be perfect to come to God. God will come to us when we're broken. And um, I also learned that I don't have to be worried about the way other people judge me with how I worship because my worship's for the creator and not for anyone else. So that was a really big thing. Um, and then also, God's been working in me even to a couple weeks ago when we were at worship night. Pastor Jackson came up and he was like, anyone needs to come to the altar for anything. And I felt the Lord tap on my heart once again. And I came up because I've always battled feeling like I'm not doing enough because the creator of the universe cares enough to reach out to me. And then I mess it up because I don't read my word or I don't pray to him or I do the wrong thing. But I went up to Ashley and she said something that I think we could all hear. And she said that God is not mad at you because no matter what you do, that statement is true for so many people. Because no matter how big or how small what you're going through, God cares enough to heal you. And um, some battle addictions or substances and might not, not look like as big of a deal, but God cares just as much to heal me as he does another person. Corey Ten Boom once said, if the devil cannot make you bad, he will make you busy. The Lord can use, I mean, the devil uses anything he can to separate, from, separate you from God, but we cannot let him. Um, if anyone takes anything away from my testimony, I want it to be that no matter how long you've been struggling with something or no matter how big or how small it is, God is working with you and walking with you through it no matter if you feel it and especially when you don't feel it. There are billions of these and billions of people on this planet, and the creator of all of them cares enough to give me a story, and he cares enough to give all of you a story. So no matter how dramatic or how subtle it is, God put it in your life, and he put you on this earth for such a time as this. So I challenge everyone to share their gospel according to them and their testimony because what God's working in their life is not about us. It's about what he's done. And sharing what he's done can be one of the most important things because it can separate someone from walking in death to walking in life. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> Amen. I was smiling big that whole time. Well, Holy Spirit, we thank you for Emery's story, the gospel according to Emery, Lord. Holy Spirit, what do you want to teach us through her story? Maybe there's some of us in here in our entire life, we've discounted the fact that we don't think we have a testimony because it doesn't look like theirs. 
or it's not, a, not as bad as that person. But Lord, you are working in every single heart. What do you want to say to us through that? Thank you for speaking to us, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Who's next? Zach. Make some noise for Zach. Hey, guys. So my name is Zach. For those of you who don't know me, I will tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I'm 16. I am a sophomore. I've lived in Oklahoma for my whole life, but up here in Edmond for around five years, I've been going to New Song for three months now, and I love it here. It's, it's crazy. What God has going on here is so cool, and I've, just, I've never been to another church where I really felt like I could open up and worship so freely, so it's really cool, the, the culture that you guys have here. So uh, to go ahead and start off my testimony, I will say I'm still young compared to, like, Pastor Casey and uh, Ms. Farah, so it's not as crazy as theirs, but... Um, because I am around the same age as you guys, it may be even more relatable. So uh, I grew up Baptist my whole life, whether it was here in Edmond or down in Ardmore, Oklahoma, I was always in a Baptist church. So it's a little bit different than New Song. So it's kind of crazy, but um, uh, my parents got divorced whenever I was five years old, and I predominantly lived with my mom, who is a really awesome lady, and then I saw my dad on the weekends, who is a super cool guy. But because I wasn't living with my dad on a regular basis, it kind of left that father figure out of the picture for a lot of my younger years. And at the time, it didn't really have too big of an effect on me. But as I grew up and got older, it kind of played a big part in some things I fell into. So uh, when I was seven years old was the first time I heard about salvation. I was with my mom and my sister in my room, and we were watching The Passion of the Christ which for those of you who don't know what this movie is, it is a rated R movie about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. So little seven-year-old Zach was pretty wigged out and uh, kind of got thrown into it. So I remember sitting up on top of my bunk and just watching Jesus be whipped and bloodied up and being just so afraid of going to hell. So uh, I cried to my mom, and I told her that I didn't want to go to hell. So she explained to me what salvation was and how I could accept Jesus into my heart. So I prayed the prayer, went through the motions, and then I got baptized the following Sunday. Is this where I gave my life to Christ? No. This is not where I gave my life to Christ at all. Um, I gave my life to Christ because I was afraid at the time, which is not when you give yourself over. So... Um, let me see where I'm at now. One second, sorry. Uh, yes, so after I got baptized, my life changed in no way at all. So um, I kept on being a kid, living a life, uh, and not growing my relationship with the Lord or even knowing what that looked like. So whenever I was 10 years old, I fell into what was going to be the hardest part of this journey. Uh, I stumbled across my first taste of what pornography was. And pornography is a very real sin, and it is a very hard sin, and the devil will pull and pull on you until you fall into it and you feel like there is no way out. Um, he'll tell you that it's going to feel so good, it's going to satisfy you, and then as soon as you give over to it, you just feel this guilt and this shame that gets weighed upon your shoulders, and you feel kind of trapped. 
Uh, so. You'll feel so alone in it, and he'll lie to you, and he'll tell you that nobody else is struggling with it, and that nobody knows what you're going through, and you feel like you can't open up to anybody. But that is the biggest lie the devil's going to tell you, because opening up to people about it and godly figures in my life was one of the best things, because that's the only way you can get help and grow. And if you stay in that place of, you know, fear and just aloneness, you're only going to continue to dive into it and get more shame and more guilt that's laid upon your shoulders. So I continued to walk in this and go through this, um, and then the summer of 2021 came, and my church was holding a, like, Falls Creek type camp, which Falls Creek is like a church camp that's down in, like, Stillwater, or not Stillwater. It's in, uh, where's it at? Davis. Davis. That's where it is, Davis. Uh, so COVID happened, so we couldn't go there, so we had Camp Resolve at our church, and uh, I remember feeling the pull from the Lord on my heart to give my life to him because whenever I was little, obviously it was out of fear, so I never really made that, that transfer. So um, I felt this pull, but I was so afraid of what my friends would think of me not being saved because I'd gone to church with them for like three years and, you know, like I'm, I'm saved, you know, I'm, I'm with my friends that are saved. I go to church on Sunday and Wednesday, so yeah, I got to be saved. Um, but yeah, I wasn't, so I felt, I felt this pull on my heart, and my, my lustful nature, my sinful nature just got too much, so I made the decision to walk to the back at the altar call, and I got to pray with one of my best friend's dads, and I gave my life to Christ. Now, after I gave my life to Christ, it was really cool, because all my sin went away, and I was instantly perfect, so... Yes, that's where my testimony ends. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh, no, um, after I gave my life to Christ, I continued to struggle with my pornography addiction, and I kept just kind of spiraling down. But this time, it was a little bit different. Instead of every time I fell down, having to get back up alone and just kind of crawl my way out of it, I had an all-powerful God that lifted me up, and he'd walk with me. And whenever I fell again, he would fall right down with me in the mud, pick me up, and walk with me and make me stronger and stronger each time. And I just continued to go down it, and I feel so convicted and feel the shame and the guilt, but I knew that he loved me and that he forgave me. Uh, it was in April 2022, whenever God put a really special person into my life, and through this person, he really helped lift me out of this place I was in. Uh, he taught me that my sin was not honoring to him, and although I felt the conviction, I didn't really realize what I was doing was not honoring him, and keeping my relationship from fully growing with him. So this person, he just really worked in me and really helped me get out of it. And now I can say that I am 10 months sober from that addiction and just continuing to go. So it's really cool. So to close, I'll say the devil is going to use things in your life to trap you, and he's going to tell you you're alone. And for those of you guys out there that do struggle with what I was walking in, as someone who has, has rised above it and is now walking free from that, it is it's, it's the greatest feeling. You know, like, like the, the devil will tell you your sin's the greatest feeling, but breaking away from it is, is the greatest feeling. So, um, so don't believe his lies. Don't believe you're alone. You know, talk to someone because it's totally worth it. And they're, they're going to look at you the same way. He's going to try to tell you they're going to look at you differently they're going to think you're a monster, but you're not. So don't believe the lies of the enemy and find your truth in Christ. Thank you. So good. 
Thank you, Lord, for freeing Zach. I thank you that he's a testimony of freedom from sin and bondage. Holy Spirit, we just pause for a second. Is there any sin in our life that you want to free us from that we never thought you could free us from? Thank you, Jesus, that you are, you are the great chain breaker, Lord. I thank you that there is no sin, there is no bondage too strong for the blood of Christ. And so I thank you that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The spirit of the Lord is here. I pray that you would help anybody in bondage, Lord, to reach out and receive that freedom through confession. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, last testimony. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, this is a lot less scary in front of my bathroom mirror. Okay. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm Jaden. Um, so I'm just going to jump into it. That's okay. Um, I have tried writing this multiple times, um, like over and over again, and I just kept deleting it and trying to like figure out what I was supposed to say um, until Wednesday night, October 25th. Um, for most of my faith, I felt like a fraud, um, someone that was just trying to fit into what I thought the church wanted me to be. Um, if you know my story, you know I was a pastor's kid up until October 2021, um, when my family ended up stepping off the team. It was hard, really hard, you know. Church hurt is always the worst for so many reasons. Um, but for two, I could no longer hide behind that title, pastor's kid. Um, I had to step out and actually own my faith. I had to make it my own. Um, and that was something that I didn't know how to do. Um, I had been hurt so badly by my previous church. Um, so if I'm honest, I had decided that God was no longer good. Um, if I'm completely honest, I decided that he was no longer real. Um, I looked at it like if there was a God out there, there was no way he would let his people do this to me. Um, sorry. <laughs> I had always thought that I knew who God was for myself. Um, but until this happened, I began to realize that my faith was not my faith at all. It was my parents, my churches, my friends. It was not mine. Um, I, realized, I was realizing I only really had a basic understanding of who he was. I had no idea of his nature or anything along those lines. I just defined him by how his people treated me. Um, goodness gracious. <laughs> Although we had stepped off of staff, uh, me and my siblings continued attending their Wednesday night services. Um, you know, I was really scared to let go. I was really scared that, like, and me letting go would have to admit that this had actually happened. Um, in f January, um, so October 2021, then in January of 2022, me and my brother met a boy, and we got really close with him. He became one of our really good friends. Um, he began spending the night all the time. If I'm completely honest, he became one of my best friends. He knew a lot of things about me that not a lot of people did. I trusted him with my life, with everything in me, um, until until I realized that he had been grooming me over the course of January and February of 2022. Um, until February 18th, he, where he had attempted a sexual assault, and I realized what had been happening, and I did my best to wake up my brother. Coming to a realization like that is really hard, especially when it's about one of your best friends, um, and then later finding out that because you had kept it a secret from everyone, 
it happened to two other women around you by the same man. Um, that's a really difficult thing to realize. I was beyond heartbroken. Um, I was violated. I felt like my innocence, like a part of me had been stolen away from me and I had no choice in the matter. That it had just happened and I was never gonna recover. That my joy was never gonna come back. That this was just, you know, who I was now. Um, I blamed God for all of it. That I, I was so angry. Um, I just began to spiral down. I hate God. I hate him. He's not real. Um, just all these things. There's no way he would let this happen if he was actually there, if he was actually protecting me. Um, and a lot of people, you know, told me I was justified in feeling that way. I was justified with being angry. I was justified in not forgiving him. I was justified in that, so I continued to spiral. Um, it got even worse when I had began to fall back down into a road of an addiction of self-harm. Um, yeah, I don't even know how to explain the guilt that comes with something like that. It was really, you know, it's, it's almost felt embarrassing to tell people that that's something that you're struggling with because people would look at you and be like, well, just stop doing it. Like, it's not that hard. Um, you know, so there wasn't really a lot of understanding there. Um, but in July of 2022, we had officially stopped attending that church altogether. Um, actually, the boy that had done this to me and two other women actually got banned um, from that church and a lot of other places because of what had happened. Um, family friends of ours invited us to New Song that July. And the only reason we went is because they told us that the worship here was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and no matter how good the worship was that week, because it's literally always amazing, I was super standoffish and I refused to accept it. I was still so angry with a God I wasn't even sure existed. Um, I spiraled for over a year and a half behind the scenes because I was too ashamed to tell anybody. Um, you know, it was just the church I was raised in, that just wasn't something that you did. You didn't tell people. You just kind of sat in your shame. You sat in your guilt. Um, so in the summer of 2023, so fast forward, I took the opportunity of doing the apprenticeship here at the church. Literally like two nights before. Um, praise God for Pastor Jackson and Pastor Molly because thank you for that. Um, <laughs> Then I got followed up with one of the literal best church camps I had ever attended. I had been to a thousand and it was so phenomenal. It was the best thing I'd ever experienced. But it still for me was, oh, they haven't walked through what I've walked through. The only reason they're so joyful is because they haven't experienced what I've dealt with. Um, and you know, it was, it was hard to think that way. It was exhausting to think that way. Um, it was even like, it, it riddled me with guilt to think that way. Um, Sorry, guys. <laughs> so I prayed and prayed and prayed, and I had people pray for me. But no matter what I did, um, I just didn't think God was hearing me. Um, I Every time, I was just like, you're not hearing me. And coming back to realize that now, it's because I wasn't listening. I wasn't letting him. I just was like, I'm going to do this to prove that you're not real, if you get what I'm saying. Um, I continued going through the cycle, um, continued going through the motions, doing the things I had always been taught to do, being the girl that I assumed God wanted me to be without even facing how I actually felt about him. Um, so that was until worship night, October 25th of this year. And you're probably thinking, wow, that's really recent. Like, ugh. And you would be correct that my genuine walk with God did not start until that day. Um, I walked into worship night like I would have literally any other night. 
And I prepared myself, raise my hands, sing, dance, do all the things that I'd been taught to do without even realizing why I was doing it. Just prepared myself to put up the same facade I had always put up. Um, but there was something so different about this night that I could not put my finger on, but I just kept going through the motions. We started up worship night, and all of a sudden, I felt this tug on my heart. You know the one that like everybody talks about where it's like, this is the night they got saved and they felt that tug on their heart? It was that one. And I was like, I didn't think this was real. But then I experienced it, and I was like, oh, this is like, wow, this is like an overwhelming real feeling. <laughs> um, so I was exhausted. I was tired of putting on this facade. I was tired of pretending, and I just broke down and started praying. Not even like in the formal way or the way you're taught to or the way you're supposed to. Like literally just started talking to God like as if he was sitting right next to me. Um, I remember saying over and over again how angry and frustrated and upset and cruel and unjust I thought he was. But I remember repeating over and over again, God, why aren't you hearing me? Why aren't you hearing me? What is it about me that you're not hearing me? What is it about me? I then felt this tug on my heart, and you guys are about to look at me like I'm crazy, but trust me. I felt this tug on my heart to look up what my name means. And I was like, that's ridiculous. This is my heart trying to distract me. This is my brain trying to distract me. This is something trying to distract me. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I could not shake that feeling for what felt like forever. And I finally decided to do it. And the results made me lose my mind. Um, the meaning of my name rooted in Hebrew is God has heard. And, you know, that's like clear... Like, okay, maybe, okay, you know what? So I walk up to Pastor Molly, and I broke down. Um, I really didn't know what to say to her. Um, I still felt ashamed, but I was like, okay, God's hearing me, so I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, like, you know? You know, I'm going to go do that. So I just remember blubbering some words at her. <laughs> like, I was like, he's so cruel, he's unjust, like, okay, he's hearing me, so now I'm going to tell him how I feel about him. Um, and there were two things that stuck with me, um, you know, actually three things. One, her willingness to pray for me. I'm just so thankful for you. I just want to tell you that. Um, and then she told me that God was not afraid of me being angry with him, that he is so big and he's not afraid of me being angry with him and that I'm allowed to tell him that I'm angry with him. Um, and then she also spoke to me about Job. Um, if you haven't heard, um, I heard about Job a thousand times. You know, growing up in church, you hear about Job all the time. But this was really put into perspective for me. If you haven't heard the story of Job, Job was an extremely wealthy man, had family, essentially had everything that he could have possibly wanted. Satan told God, he walked up to him and said, hey, the only reason he's so strong in his faith is because you blessed him with all these things. You've given him all these things. He has a wife, a family, wealth. Like, he has everything that he could ever want. That's the only reason he's so faithful to you. So Satan took everything from him. Um, his family, his wife, his wealth, he took everything from him. And not once did Job waver in his faith whatsoever. Not once did he, not once was he angry with God. He continued to praise God through his suffering. He continued to praise him. And this fully opened my eyes um, to the fact that I can praise God regardless of my circumstances that I faced or that I will face. It really made me think of how I was looking at my suffering. I was looking at it like God put me in it instead of looking at it like God got me through it or God is going to get me through it. Um, because in Isaiah 43, 2, this is one of my life verses at this point. The Lord states that when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. That is a verse I now use as a reminder that no matter the situation that he is protecting me and standing with me, regardless of how I feel, regardless of circumstance, regardless of season, that he is with me. Um, through this season of my life, 
I realized that I have to make the choice to lean on him, regardless of circumstance, and to rely on him, even when it feels a little too hard sometimes. So tonight, I ask you, I challenge you, to think about what your relationship with him is like. Are you blaming him for the things you have faced like I was, or are you leaning on him regardless of those things? Thank you. Wow. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the gospel according to Jaden. God, I thank you that you can handle our anger. You can handle our doubt. These things that the church has sometimes looked down upon, these human emotions, God, you can handle those things. And that you actually want those, you want our honesty. Holy Spirit, would you reveal to any of us, if there's any of us in this room tonight that are just going through the motions, but we're really angry with you for some reason. We're just going through the motions, but we're really doubting you for some reason. Would you reveal that to us? Thank you for these stories. Thank you that faith rises, Lord, that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. God, I pray that these students would just encourage every single person in the room to do the same, to not wait for a platform to share our story, but to look for every opportunity to infuse Christ and our encounter with him into it every moment holy. I think we should pray for these guys real quick because they said a big yes to being up here, right? It took some boldness to be up here. Would you guys just extend your hands towards them real quick? Father, I thank you so much for these students and their boldness. Saying yes to you is fun, but it's also really scary sometimes. And I pray that this right here would be a testimony to all of us that it is worth saying yes to you, even if it puts us on platforms, even if it puts us out of our comfort zone, even if it puts us in a place where we have to get low, we have to humble ourselves to say yes to you. It's worth it. And God, I pray that you would bless each one of these students abundantly, God, that you would take them deeper in your love, that this encounter, this opportunity to speak their story would just only solidify and cement what you've done in their heart and that it would be so strong that the enemy could not shake it in Jesus name amen can we make some noise for these guys